Welcome to the Exploring Leadership Show, where we talk with some of the world's most forward-thinking, influential CEOs and other top business leaders to learn about leadership experiences and how they're building world-class organizations. Brought to you by Warrior Leadership. Now, here's your host, Spence Taylor. Well, I am very, very thankful and excited to be back with Devin Patel. Devin is the CEO, president, and co-founder at the Global Institute of Stem Cell Therapy and Research, also known as GeoStar, just to shorten abbreviation of that uh, organization name, headquartered in San Diego, California. Devin, so glad to be back with you so soon. I am so much looking forward to, because as you said, which I didn't even know that this was the most downloaded podcast of all time, and I was uh, surprised. I said, what happened? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think in a way, we're both trying to kind of still figure that out, but it's been wonderful to hear you were very kind to send me a long list of, of specific comments and feedback you had received from uh, some people you, that you know, but a lot of people that you, you don't know. Uh, I'd love, what, what were they saying? I mean, what, what were their overall responses to the podcast? Which, by the way, we'll put the link to that episode. If you want to hear the original conversation, we'll make sure we include that. But what was the main feedback you were getting? Main feedback I got, you know, some people that said, we're biased. We love you. So this was all, you know, this is, we got it. We knew this is who you get from Devin. But there are people that I did not know or or kind of, you know, I wouldn't say didn't know. But, you know, they were just the distant connections. And they said, We've never heard such things in leadership. This is so clear. This is no, you know, uh, you know, sugar coating. But at the same time, it was from your core, and that's what helped them to connect because it was not some plan. You know, step one, two, three, four, five, six. You are going to the basics. That's what kind of connected with the people. You know, really exciting. Yeah, I just I love that. That's the case and. As we kind of spoke about off the air a bit, as we were reflecting, um, it's refreshing that there's a call for more. Basically, you know, people are saying, "Hey, give us, give us some more," and that's really why we're making this video just a few days after uh, after your, your episode went live because it, people are demanding it uh, and, and asking for it, and we're happy to oblige in that way. And hopefully, what we talk about here for a few minutes will be a bit of an elaboration on that original conversation. Uh, the center point that I thought would be powerful to begin with is is the quote that you have. I think you have it on your LinkedIn profile. It's a favorite quote of yours. I've, I've loved the quote. I have a little plate that has it on it at my house as well that just says, at least the abbreviated version is, be the change. Right. Um, be the change that you want to see in the world from Mahatma Gandhi. Um, curious, where, where did you first come to love that and, and why is that so important to you? Because I always live from my core. I can't have fake relationships. I can't be giving someone a fake smile. I can't be just saying someone I understand, but I really don't care. That's not me. If I'm involved, I'm involved wholly. So I've never been able to actually, truth, in fact, uh, truth of the matter, the people get scared from me because I'm so open and it's hard to accept for other people in general that, how can you be so open? Uh, how can you be so giving, you know, and you, you don't expect anything in, in return. And that kind of scares them. Like I'll give you a very simple current uh, situation to happen. You know, the, there's a friends, I can say friends, they're doctors and they were making a special documentary on us in our work in field of stem cell research and treatment in India and how we're helping 
the people and the big masses in India. And she came, she's a doctor, she's American, you know, wonderful, wonderful human being. And and he was doing uh, the documentary and everything. And then we had a big lecture and we were giving a very prestigious platform one lecture. And then she needs to get ready and uh, wear Indian clothes and Indian stuff. And I kind of, you know, took out money and gave them, you know, big bunch and said, go buy whatever you need so you can, you know, look like an Indian princess. And she said, Devin, I can take this money. And for me, it was never, um, you know, I never thought that it will turn her off. You see what I'm saying? But for me, it was so natural. I said, oh, okay, here you go. We have go buy stuff, stuff and, you know, make yourself look like an Indian princess and come to the uh, the event. And she said, I can't take that money. And I said, what's wrong with it? You know? And then I it's realized that she thought that I may want something back. In return, I may want some favors or whatever it is. And I said, doctor, such and such, this is how we treat our guest. There is nothing expected in return. You are my guest and you are at my home and we want to take care of you. That's all, nothing more, nothing less. And then kind of, you know, said, okay, I'm in a different culture. Okay, that's the way it is. So that's how it works. And sometimes people get turned off by it, not on. <laughs> well, that, yeah, what a great story. And it reminded me too, just in listening to your story of something else you said during that first, that podcast episode, the original conversation, you talked about how, I don't know, I mean, I know we, we uh, anyway, whether you call that a, a gift or whatever, but you, you very, in a very real sense, you feel the pain of other people and you want to solve that pain. And, and again, this, this is a very mild example, I guess you could say of pain of just not having the right outfit and, you know, kind of needing to, needing to get into a certain attire, but you still felt it in a way that moved you to take action. It wasn't just, oh, I'm sad that that person is sad, or I'm sad that that person doesn't have what they need and carry on. It was, I'm sad and I feel that pain. And therefore, here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to take this action for it. Do you have any further reflections on where that comes from for you? And is that normal? Do you think, do you think all of us feel that? And we just sometimes don't pay attention to it or what's your, what's your core belief there? I'm considered abnormal child. <laughs> and, and that was happening, as I said, from childhood. And uh, more of a instead of saying I, I I would I would turn that in a little different way instead of saying I was feeling that pain or whatever it is that out there as mine and I don't know why and I think we're all made that way it's just this environment around created those walls around us and kind of segmented us and fragmented us that's why sometimes we become stone hearted the situation around the abuse the uh, you know many things that happens, your experiences of their life, that made those walls around you. But in reality, every child you go, they are most beautiful, divine energy. doesn't matter what culture, what race, they are the most, they are exerting the most divine energy, more loving, most caring, most healing energies. And that's why we said, you know, children are always form of God or form of super consciousness or that special energy that comes down to the earth and we're all that except it's our environment you know that our experiences that made us so different than what we are supposed to be from our core and i'll tell you a different example in you know uh we talked about power of truth and the pain and i'll connect that and i somehow it was uh, i was always i have to tell the truth no matter what cost you know 
good, bad, or ugly. And, but that doesn't mean you tell a, you know, usually truth is bitter. You know, it's not good sometimes, you know, but you have to sweeten it up. Yeah, but I used to tell it the way it is. That would hurt sometimes some people too, you know. So, but over the, you know, as I grew, I learned that you you have, you can say the same truth in a matter or in a manner that it doesn't hurt the other person. Uh, so whenever we were little, we were playing cricket, the uh, the game. Uh, and I used to be empire. So it means you're the decision maker. So you can say you're out or you are not out or you're up outside the game or not game. So you hold a lot of power. So I was so uh, impartial that both parties would trust me to be their empire because they knew that I will not favor anybody. So I had a tremendous power of that truth that influences. See, So when you speak truth, your words become like those vibratory bombs. Those in then return manifest whatever you want in your life. Okay? And then... As a child, when you see that power and not understanding and not able to handle the power, I started abusing it. And in a minute, that power was gone. That influence was gone. That ability to manifestation was gone, you know, because I abused it even a little, you know. So at a very early stage, I learned that you have to stick to your core. You can't fake things relationships, uh, friendships. This is all, you don't have to put it in the words. People feel your energy. People feel you. It is not about words and how you say it. doesn't matter how much I say. If I'm not truthful, people will know. And you can lie as much as you want. Your eyes will never lie. And your energies will never lie. Yeah, absolutely. Very powerful. I I love what you shared. The, The illustration through the story was powerful as well. And it just led me to think more about just the fact that, that I think our, our most meaningful lessons in life tend to come through experiences and even hard experiences and difficult things that we trials that we need to navigate. Uh, as you think about, well, you shared with me again in that original conversation, the power of observing your specifically, I think it was your father and grandfather as they went about doing good, as they were acting that principle of being the change that they wish to see in the world. Uh, you mentioned specifically, I think at least one of them was an attorney or lawyer. Is that both, right? Both of them are attorneys. Both of them were attorneys and they were helping people who weren't otherwise able to help themselves, representing people who were downtrodden and, and kind of lost and sad. And you you got to watch that as a child. Um, love to hear if, if there's a specific story that comes to mind that was especially meaningful or, or transformative uh, for you during your, your younger years. I wouldn't call it transformative, but I call it funny. Because when my grandfather would go to their client's wedding or something, him being the larger than life, there's a special table set up for him for dinner. Whenever he goes to their wedding, there's a special table just for him because he's such a big guy, very well-respected guy. And I used to go with him. I mean, he used to take with me there. So, And then you have, you know, 10 people standing there, you know, as, as your host, making sure everything is being served properly and everything. And I used to end, eat with my left hand. And usually, you know, in India, you have to be right-handed, you know, you can't be. And, but I was left-handed. And in my family, never nobody corrected me. But and, and you know, we are the only people in our right minds, right? Left-handers are the only people in the right minds because we use our right mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. so, so what happened? Because I was a child and they never 
force me to, you know, slap me to say, use your right hand. I always use my left hand. And I used to eat with my left hand. And over there, it was a big taboo. And every, like, I mean, there gets a big crowd over there say, hey, Mr. Patel's grandson is eating with the left hand. And I would not understand, but I hear that. And I would say, what was a big deal? But the lesson in there, very subtle lesson, it's no big deal or anything. But it's that you let the child grow in its own environment, in its own energy, to in its own tendencies, you know. And they let me do that. Otherwise, they would be slapping me and say, use right hand. And I would be using right hand. But I would have never been to, I would never been the way I am today, that I am operating from my core, because you slap them away. And that's what the environment, the society that we live in does, that you slap away from your core. And therefore... We suffer from all kind of pain and problems and pressures and insecurities and all that. It's nothing but somehow, somewhere in our growth, we were pushed away from our core. Hmm. I love that story. I, I love the example or the phrase, let the child grow. This isn't a parenting video or a podcast, but uh, it is a great, great reminder as a parent. Like for me, I have my six children and I often want them to be a certain way. Like I just have that desire for them because I... I believe a certain set of uh, characteristics or experiences will help shape them in the right way. But ultimately, yeah, it's kind of trusting the divinity within them, I guess, maybe is, is one way I would think of it, and letting them letting them have those right experiences for them specifically, not having the experiences for me or that I have defined as ideal, uh, but trusting that process of growth. And anyway, I think there's wisdom in that, both in the, in the familial and you know, in the family context, as well as the broader context of just life and leadership and, and uh, learning. Uh, so anyway, just so powerful. And, and that it's, we are not talking about a parenting here. We're talking about building the future leaders, the leaders of next generation leaders for the humanity. And if you grow them and nurture them, like you're nurturing your six children, even though it's, it's not about you, how you want, of course, you are more experienced in life. So of course, you're going to guide them. Of course, you're going to show them a better way. And my own grandfather always said, you should be see, able to see much further than I did by standing on my shoulder, which is a very common wisdom around the world. And that's what we're doing. And if you're not going to give them that shoulder, how they're going to see further than you. So it is so important that you grow those leaders from the beginning you teach them you show them you guide them of course and of course whatever their tendencies are they're going to expand on it and you create an environment for those tendencies to expand but your wisdom and your experience as a parent to create tomorrow's leaders are the most essential well and the thing that stands out most to me about that is just the power of example versus the power of lecture or you know even uh some methods of discipline and things like as you watch again for you it was watching your father and grandfather it wasn't that you remember a specific sermon that they gave you or a, you know it's something that they really just instilled in you uh, by way of lecture or criticism but rather just the way they live their lives so that kind of brings us to our last little piece here the segment of what about those people who who weren't quite so fortunate they they didn't have that direct example in their life maybe they grew up in at one extreme, maybe an abusive uh, environment, maybe less extreme, just neglectful. They just, uh, maybe they had one parent in the home and that parent had to work so much that they weren't around and they just didn't have the chance to observe those types of kind of be the change type examples. Um, so how, how does somebody now make a transition 
uh, over to some of the core attributes and characteristics that, that you have developed and that now are important to the way you lead Geostar and, and make a change in the world. Same happened to my children. I had great-grandfathers and fathers, which are larger than lives, but they didn't because they grew up in America. So to me, they were orphan kids. <laughs> they didn't have those, you know, big, you know, father, great-grandfather, father that I had an experience with. So I was always worrying about it, that how am I going to transfer this tremendous spiritual um, inheritance that I have gotten that allowed me to do all these amazing things in life? How am I going to be able to transfer it? Because they don't have that great-grandfather and great-grandfather around them. It's just me, stupid one, running around. <laughs> so then when they were so little children, we created a four-sentence prayer, okay? And that basically sum up all those wisdoms of the ages for people who are, I would call it, they didn't have experience of my father and my grandfather, or you had such experience in those four lines. And it's very simple, but most powerful. And if you concentrate on those four lines every day, you don't need any guidance. That four lines will, and this is something when we, they were very little, they were like two years, four years or something, and six years or something. I don't remember exactly. And, and we wrote it down. And this, again, was downloaded on me. And I looked back and said, how did I write it all that many years ago? But it was downloaded in my brain or in my heart. And the sum result of all my experiences came into those four lines. Very simple. And some people may get offended because I'm using word God. But please don't uh, consider instead of God, if you think that's not something for you, consider that as a, a superpower uh, ultimate energy, super consciousness, whatever that connects you, whatever that makes you tick, use that. So don't don't hold the power of manifestation because I use word God against you. Use it in your favor. The first line was, and I'm going to say, say all four lines very fast, but then I'm going to tell you the meaning behind it. First line is, thank you, God, for giving me strength to help and love others unconditionally. Thank you, God, for helping me understand power, purpose, and potential of my life. Thank you, God, for strengthening my faith in you every day. And last line, thank you, God, for guiding me and being with me all the time. Okay? But I'm going to now break it down real fast. The first line, thank you, God, for giving me a strength to help and love others unconditionally, means I'm already empowered. I'm your child. I'm made in your image. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I don't need anything. I'm empowered. So I'm here to give unconditionally and help unconditionally because I'm empowered. So you are always empowered. You're always capable. You are more than you think you are ever been. You are already in there. It's in you. You don't have to look outside. You don't have to read books. You don't have to listen to the your and my podcast. You know, it's in you. <laughs> and secondly, thank you, God, for helping me understand power, purpose, and potential of my life. And these words in this line, power, purpose, and potential of my life. So power is grace. Without grace, nothing happens. Once you are graced, then you understand purpose of your life. Without grace, that power, you will not understand the purpose of your life. And once you know the purpose, then you realize how huge the potential is. So thank you, God, for helping me understand power, purpose, and potential of my life. And then... All the trials will come. That's why you said, thank you, God, for strengthening my faith in you today. And thank you, God, for strengthening my faith in you every day because you're going to be tested 
And that is not a test from God or universe or anything. It is your karma. It is your energies that is creating those manifestations. And we tend to blame to something else. It is you. So you, when you operate from your core, things around will come down. So thank you, God, for strengthening my faith in you every day. Means strengthening faith in me, strengthening faith in my core, strengthening in my own strength. And then last one, thank you, God, for guiding me and being with me all the time. We all suffer from loneliness. It's the biggest problem in the world today. So when you have some, so when I say thank you, God, for guiding me, so if you guide my path, where can I go wrong? And then I said, thank you, for God, for guiding me and being with me all the time. So you have always someone to lean on. You are never alone. You're always empowered. You're always loved. You're always taken care of. You're always the person that you're supposed to be in every moment. You just have to pay a little more attention. That's all. Very powerful. We could just end it now and that would be beautiful and, and just right. I, I love what you've shared. I really appreciate it. As, as I thought about our first conversation and now listening to you and continuing to be uplifted by what you've shared, I've been thinking again about this challenge of kind of the mind shift that's needed, I think for all of us to some degree, because I don't, I don't think we're perfect yet. You know, I, I think we, we can all improve in certain ways. So whether that's a dramatic mind shift uh, of, again, someone who may not have been around that type of thinking or those sorts of ideas, and they're just getting familiar with those, or it's someone who's who's been trying to pursue those but just knows one specific area that they might do a little better. Uh, I've, I've identified just five statements that uh, maybe can tie in somehow to this beautiful four-line, four-sentence prayer that you've just shared. I'll just briefly run through those, and then I'll leave any last words you might have uh, as we wrap up. So having a mindset that's focused on abundance, not scarcity, compassion, not judgment, selflessness instead of selfishness, presence instead of distraction, and boldness instead of timidity. And I think it's important to have the not or instead of's in there just to remind our, our consciousness, you know, kind of to remind ourselves of the, the opposite end of the spectrum. So abundance, compassion, selflessness, presence, and boldness. And again, what you shared, I think, was more eloquent, more beautiful. But between the two, hopefully there's something in there for our viewers, listeners uh, to grab hold of and go and apply. I know that uh, perhaps the last word might tie into this book that you have shared with me that is so powerful, has been so powerful for you. I'm picking up a copy and we'll get familiar with it. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about that here at the end? Yeah, what you said, those five words, they're the best. That is nothing other I could have not said any better. You said it so well. And I wanted to share one book, if you don't mind, which I think every young man, every entrepreneur, every up a person of any race should read because this goes beyond race, creed, and culture or religion. It's called Autobiography of Yogi. That is the most gifted book in last century, top 100 uh, spiritual book of the last century. And, and in a maximum language, it was translated. And Steve Jobs, if you work in Apple, this was a must-read book. And when Steve Jobs passed away, uh, he made sure in his funeral everybody get uh, this book as a gift. And when you read this book, I want to tell you, you will have no confusion whatsoever in your life ever about anything, any situation, any person. You will always have a crystal, total clarity, and you will, will be always crystal clear. You will have no more confusion in your life. And this book has everything that humanity has thought of and humanity still haven't thought of 
from nanoscience to space science to aliens to uh, you know uh, anything you can imagine to mathematics to anything. It's all in there. And it's so eloquently put in there. And this book is not a, some spiritual, difficult book. It's just a storybook. Each chapter is by itself. So it has nothing to do with the second chapter. So it's, it's like a novel. And it's just a fairy tale you're le- reading. But it has a, so much. It will change your life that you have never thought of. It's, a, it's not a book. It's a blessing. And it came to Steve Jobs' life that changed him from and made him what he made, you know, he became. So... I just wanted to share if you wanted to pick up this book, even it's free online if you want, you know, (laughs) thank you. Wonderful. I love it. Thank you very much for that. And I think one of the things that you told me about off the air that you, you feel very strongly that, that reading that book will help you live a more graceful life. I think you said like just a life of grace and, and just more kindness, more these, these things we've talked about, like ultimately it will, drive you toward these different attributes and, and kind of the essence of the prayer uh, that you shared as well. Is that correct? I just want to think and, and present to our listeners slash viewers, what is the outcome of, of really consuming that book and, and leaning into it? It will help you connect to, to your super consciousness and make you super human being in every aspect of your existence. That's what this book is all about. Well, I, I just have loved this part two. I'm so glad that we got to create this together, Devin, and just a blessing to continue to get to know you. I admire the work you're doing. We didn't get to talk too much about the work itself in this episode, but I hope everyone who may not be familiar with what you're doing at Geostar will become familiar because it's truly changing lives, saving lives, uh, improving the world. So thanks for what you're doing. Really grateful for that. Thank you. And you're very kind. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Exploring Leadership Show. To receive a free company health assessment that clarifies your company's greatest strengths and biggest opportunities to improve, visit warriorslead.com. We'll see you next time.